Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Julie Kroll. We'll be talking about her new book, Fractured Grace, How to Create Beauty, Peace, and Healing for Yourself and the World. Fractured Grace is a prescription for individual and collective healing a resounding call for wholeness in today's escalating state of chaos, separation, and fear. With a unique and intimate journey into the author's own healing process, from an early childhood near-death experience to a freak accident with several broken bones, you are invited to step outside of an outdated worldview to create more beauty, peace, and healing for yourself and the world. Dr. Julie Kroll serves as a midwife for the evolution of consciousness, whole systems health, and a whole worldview. She works with evolutionary change agents, co-creating greater connection and wholeness as a speaker, consciousness coach, mentor, and host of the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected, and founder of The Whole, excuse me, founder of Good of the whole. For more information, you can visit Julie's website, which is juliecrawl.com. That's Julie, K-R-U-L-L.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Julie to the show. Good day, Julie. Thank you. Hello, Robert. Good day. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. I've, um, you have so many uh, wonderful perspectives, I think, that will help people during this uh, time that we're in. Um, so I'd, I'd like to start with, in, in the beginning of your book, you talk about an experience that you had at the age of four uh, that seems to have had a, a significant um, role in shaping your journey. Uh, so would you mind sharing um, that with the listeners? Sure. I, w- I would love to. Thank you, Robert. It, it, when you said that, I I just had this this word drop in my lap when you said had a significant effect on shaping your journey. And I was thinking at the same time, shaping my worldview from a very young age. So I, I'm really glad that you presenced that statement because it really um, helps to kind of frame what I experienced mm-hmm. into the work that I'm doing on the planet right now. So thank you for that. <clears throat> and Robert, I, um, I'll just dig in by saying I had an early childhood near-death experience and um, the actual experience, people ask me about it a lot, like, tell us about your story. And <clears throat> I had um, chronic tonsillitis as a child. And literally, I I um, would be scheduled for a tonsillectomy, and I would go in, and I would have so much infection, they'd say, no, here's another round of antibiotics, and We'll try again another time. And, and so according to my mother's stories of that time, there was so much um, 
around that tonsillitis. It was just this big event in my life. And so one day I was put down for a nap in my mother's room on her bed. And, and um, after a while on my nap, I, I hear my mother's voice <clears throat> as I'm laying there. She gave me, um, back in the day, back in the 60s, there, <laughs> we often had chlorette gum. Oh. And this, if you remember that, the... Oh. Oh, oh, folks, it looks like we dropped um, Julie. Um, let me give her a second to call back in, and um, we'll get started back again. Sorry about that, folks. I don't know what happened. She just, okay, we've got Julie back. <laughs> there we go, Julie. <laughs> Hi, Robert. I am so sorry. Um, my well, apologies. That's fine. No, no, that's fine. I, I just think that's just one of those one of those unique aspects to the show. <laughs> so. Yes, that, that does happen. Well, I, I, when I felt like I got dropped, I was talking about the Clorette's gum. It was this green gum right. or sore throat. We would take that. And, and so I was um, down for my nap, and my mother came in and or, or yelled from the other room, Julie, it's time to wake up. And um, I just laid there, and I hear her voice, time to wake up, Julie, come on. And she comes into the room. She sees me laying there. And my eyes are open, and I'm following her walking from my left to the right around the bed and and see her, you know, just like, come on, it's time to get up. And when I didn't move and I didn't get up, she's like, now, stop pretending. This isn't funny. It's time to wake up. And I just watched her, and I didn't move. And at that time, I then left my body and was hovering above the bed above the bedroom and uh, way up it seemed like I was hovering on the ceiling but it was from a farther place than that and at that time my mother um, noticed the green gum there was green slobber like coming out of my mouth and I wasn't able to move and so then she realized something was really seriously wrong and scooped me up and called my dad and my grandma and put me in the station wagon and off to the emergency room we went and what happened was that um, I was in septic shock. I was literally paralyzed from the neck down. I, I couldn't move. And um, so when I was following her with my eyes, I couldn't speak. I couldn't move. I just laid there. And that was the beginning of, of really opening many of my gifts and abilities as a young child of having that near-death experience going into this alternative um, realm of, of life. So sometimes we call it um, alternative realities, but really it was this, this parallel place I, I went to and mm -hmm. witnessed and saw. And um, from that moment forward, continued to have um, non-ordinary states of consciousness as a young child as a teenager, and um, then my full gifts came in when I was about 11 years old in uh, another one of those experiences. Yeah, wow. You know, the one thing, um, and the reason I wanted you to share that with uh, the listeners is because, first of all, you know, the idea of something like that happening at, at such a young age, um, 
you know, first of all, you're, you're not able to verbalize, you know, what you're experiencing, but um, it, it's one of those things where I think um, parents, um, that, that children will have those, you know, non-ordinary kinds of experiences, but I don't I think parents really give it, you know, much attention, you know, other than, you know, the idea that maybe you're pretending, um, you know, so, you know, that was what kind of, I wanted to make sure that we got it out there that, you know, those are, those things happen and, and that's because uh, the child can't verbalize or, but you, you mentioned pretending and, you know, the, as when I was reading about it, it was, it seemed that um, you, um, that the idea of kind of pretending was whether or not, I mean, as time went on, you weren't sure whether or not that happened and, and pretending played a, a role in your um, later years, correct? You know, and when it came to yeah, um, looking at yeah physical types of experiences, can you share that? Because I think that too is important. Yeah, and there's a couple things that I, that I pull from your your response here, Robert. And I'll start with the the pretending pieces um, first. From that moment, I I literally I took the words in from my mother. Stop pretending. This isn't funny. And in a four-year-old's consciousness, we don't process the same way we do as an adult. And I took that in and developed a pattern throughout um, my, my life, well into my, my probably early 30s as I was doing deep healing work, that whenever I was sick, I was pretending. So if I had physical symptoms and I was sick, I was I I always imagined that I must be pretending. I must, you know, I'm not sick. I must be pretending. And I had a guilt. I really had a a big guilt or shame around falling ill if I was having any any ill symptoms. The other piece was that um losing my voice in that experience. I literally I laid there like a a limp rag doll and I just remember that. Like I couldn't move, but I didn't know that I was paralyzed. I was just laying there being the observer of the experience until I left my body and had the out-of-body experience. And so I also developed this affinity toward losing my voice, not speaking, not speaking my truth, not taking action you know, when I needed to, to protect myself or to, to whatever. So I kind of developed those patterns very early from a young age. And then the other piece, Robert, that I think is really interesting that when, when you were reflecting back, um, I heard to really speak this in this moment too, is that we also, just like you said, children have these experiences and we're not really fully enabling children and empowering children to, to bring voice to that or to even believe when they might have mystical experiences or non-ordinary states of consciousness. But even in our culture, Robert, we've been conditioned to keep that silence and to hold that in a very private space. So we have adults on the planet, all over the place, having mystical experiences, having non-ordinary states of consciousness that because we don't understand and because science is just starting to catch up with really the spiritual truths and, and spiritual traditions that have been around, 
that during um, the, the last three to four decades, as people have started to have more and more of these experiences, it's been very hush-hush. It's been, um, we don't want to be labeled as crazy or psychotic mm-hmm. or have a psychotic break or, you know, we've, we've really labeled that and oppressed. Um, the voice of non-ordinary states of consciousness. And I think that's another important piece as we look at where we're at on the planet because literally, you know, the indigenous have been guided in this way for millennium. And here we are having these non-ordinary states of consciousness over the last however many years and labeling that as, as something not okay or something to keep to yourself and it's not safe. It's not safe to have that. Even most of our religious institutions don't welcome the mystical experience. They don't welcome the mystic in as if we can have that capacity. Um, So yeah, I just, I just heard that and you were sharing that as well. I think that's another important piece. Very much so. Yeah, very much. Now the title of the book is fractured grace. So why that particular title? Mm, I'm glad you asked that. Well, <laughs> I um, I literally had started writing two different books and um, thought I had the title and sat down and I was literally mm-hmm. writing from the academic voice and, and trying to make the same, the same conversation in this book in a scholarly way, you know. And so I had started the book, couldn't – I couldn't progress. I couldn't find my authentic voice in it. I kept wanting to be the scholar. And you mentioned in the intro, I I had a a freak accident. I stepped wrong, slipped down a grassy slope, um, planted, twisted, and snapped six bones, and ended up in a full leg cast in a chair for a very, very long time, and then a really long rehab after that. And... um, when I was in the chair with my cast, the book just started writing me. And the first thing I heard was fractured grace. And I didn't know what fractured uh-huh. grace was when I heard it. So I'm like, okay, fractured grace. What is that? You know, I have a fracture, bone fractures in my leg. Okay. Fractured grace. <laughs> and I was just looking for the grace in it. You know, I was just like, okay, fractured grace. What is that? So I just set that aside and um, being in my chair, this, the impulse of creation was moving. This voice wanted to be heard. It, it really wasn't my voice. It was coming through me. And I just sat mm-hmm. there um, with my computer and, and began writing fractured grace. And clearly it was like, I don't know. Once the book was coming through, I just had this aha moment one time, like, Oh, this is the title of the book, Fractured Grace. I, I clearly <laughs> saw it and got it in that moment. So it chose me. It just kind of moved through me. And and I tell you that the title has really drawn people in. People are really intrigued by that. Like they see the book cover, they see the title, and they say, wow, I don't know what it is, but I have to come read this book, you know? They see that, the image, they see the title, and they're like, I'm there, I'm here, what is this? So um, it's, it, it, it was a good choice that the this emergent voice picked that title because, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. it's funny, yeah, when, when I did my first book, 
for months the the book on the computer it was called the book <laughs> you know until, until <laughs> actually the the title came up you know it came about you know after writing for a bit but um yeah you know and, and also that uh the story you told about the fracturing um and having a, a spiral fracture i mean it was i mean it was painful reading it <laughs> but but it yeah. sounded like you had enough friends there to be able to to help you through it yeah, it was it was quite a big event. Um, you know, out of nowhere, family friends are around. It's a holiday weekend, and everyone's doing their thing. There was so much going on. You know, the people were jumping in the boat to go out on the water. People were up on the patio, and you know, the music was playing, and kids were playing, and there was dogs running around. So there was so much happening in that moment, and literally, it was like this moment out of time. Everyone that was there remembers the sound of that break and it to me that that just gives me chills today just (laughs) thinking that the people in the boat could hear it the people up on the patio could hear it and I was halfway in between both of them you know walking down to the boat myself so it it was quite a a large event and had that spiral break in my tibia which again became the guidance for so many lessons of really looking at what is a spiral break and what is it? How do yeah. bones heal? And that's how the voice came through of really looking at what's happening on the planet and what's happening with us as individuals and how do we get through this fractured time of, um, yes. yeah, so much happening on our planet. Yeah, I agree. And um, I kind of want to dive into a little, that a little bit now. Um, in, our, in your book, you, you talk about interconnectedness. And um, and basically, basically, the, how everything and everyone is, is interconnected. Now, also at one point in the book, you you mentioned about stepping out of mass consciousness with its widespread fear and story of separation. So, what I want to kind of, you know, maybe you can t- talk a little bit because I understand all of that, <laughs> you know. But I mean, it, it might seem a little bit you know, uh, contradictory in a way, you know, like we're all interconnected and then we've, you want to kind of step out of mass consciousness. So can you talk a little bit about the idea of, of mass consciousness and our interconnectedness and, and then how we can, you know, do that sidestep and, and, and why would we even want to do that? Mm. But you know, you just brought up, (laughs) yeah, thank you, Robert. You brought up something that is really um, an important piece in telling the story that I've, I've never really identified is even defining mass consciousness because oftentimes, um, you know, we're looking for collective consciousness. And when we talk about interconnectedness, how we're interconnected, all of us, we're really talking about a unified field of consciousness that is who we are. You know, when my friend Jude Curvin says we don't have consciousness, we are consciousness. So, so thanks for bringing that in about mass consciousness. Let me see if I can um, really expand on that a bit that helps people go, Oh, I get it. Because, Let's start at the beginning. Um, for centuries on this planet, we've, we've began mastering 
seeing ourselves as humanity as separate from the animal kingdom, separate from the plant kingdom, separate from the earth herself, and separate from a God creator source. And then we saw ourselves, we, we saw that and we're like, okay, I'm superior than the animals and, and I can use my fingers and I can, and my thumb and I can speak language and I can create things and manifest. I can make a wheel. I can, I can, I can make things that the animal kingdom doesn't do. And, and once we got through that phase of our development as a species, we began to see ourselves separate from one another. All of a sudden, like, oh, um, I'm separate from my neighbor. I'm different from my neighbor. And these are the ways that I'm different. So we began to compare and to contrast and to really look at ourselves in separation to develop ourselves in our unique capacity to, to have a role and a function within the greater whole. And so, you know, in villages and tribes, there were experts in all kinds of different things. Not everyone was the medicine man. And not everyone carried water and not everyone cooked and not everyone hunted. And so we, we learned that we had capacity and skill and, and uniqueness and purpose and vision. And that was a good, and then we began perfecting that into the game of competition and seeing ourselves with survival of the fittest and those who get to the top would win. And so then it became about, money and power and control and ego and we've really um, swung the pendulum into this story of separation so the story of separation that we told ourselves was based on this illusion that we were separate from the animal kingdom the plant kingdom the earth herself other people and the god creator source however we want to see that higher power in the universe and so we perfected that story but literally as we perfected that story we created a world around that worldview we created the world around the idea of separation and competition and Mm -hmm. all of our systems and structures from education to governance to healthcare to finance and economy and in our understanding of ecology and environment, everything that we created in that worldview is now beginning to break down and um, or be rebuilt and reformed from the inside out because literally it's not coming from a place of, of our true identity, our true nature of who we really are as an interconnected species as one planetary body. So when you talk about that interconnectedness that you asked me about, it's like, that's not even the right word. You know, it's really like this innate wholeness, this, this innate unity, this prior unity that we're all one planetary body, but we haven't seen ourselves as one planetary body. We're seeing ourselves as this town, this nation, this tribe, this culture, this race, this religion, this gender, you know, I could go on and on and on of all the ways we've created separation. So just to drop back into that mass consciousness piece is that when I speak of mass consciousness, it really is um, the voice of the media, the voice of the education system, the voice of, of all of our social conditioning, the voice of these 
um, systems and structures and organizations that have literally shaped who we are today, that seems to be mass consciousness that's hanging on to this story of separation. And really, that's the voice that's in panic and anxiety and fear about seeing our systems and structures breaking down. And so when we transcend that place where mass consciousness is telling us we're separate then, we're less than, we're better than, we're that whole voice in mass consciousness, as we transcend that and we enter into this place of our unified consciousness, our, our unified field of consciousness, we're informed by life itself. We're informed by the impulse of creation, creating greater unity, greater harmony, greater coherence, and higher levels of, of really intricate ways that we work together in our diversity for the good of the whole. So that's the journey we're on. And it does look really scary yeah. as we're seeing all these systems and structures break down and we don't know that there's solutions on the other side of it when we're inside of those systems. We're inside of mass consciousness watching the media and, and everything looks crazy from that vantage point. It does. It looks crazy and overwhelming. And when we understand what's really going on in in our true identity, our true nature, we can work with those forces and really create more more beauty, peace, and healing for ourselves and the world. Yeah, yeah. I like to say that in, in a state of chaos, anything is possible. <laughs> you know, in that uh, yeah. sometimes chaos is needed to be able to kind of uh, shake loose some of the structures, and the one thing as you were talking um, talking about you know everything from the separateness to to wholeness, it just struck me that interconnectedness is kind of the in between is the step in between from separate to whole. You have interconnected, so I think it's mm. probably for a lot of people um, who maybe just can't get a handle on wholeness yet that interconnected would be the next step toward that goal. That's a beautiful way of looking at it. Cause literally that Robert, that, that fits within how science has studied our levels of consciousness up till now is we do move from a consciousness of separation and then we move into this consciousness of interconnectedness. So we, we, we go through that phase and we see things, interconnected and then we move to that unitive yeah. state and then there are states beyond where science is, has taken us so far so that's a, a really beautiful observation and important um yeah way of looking at consciousness to really help listeners ground that to go okay yeah. i'm on the path i'm on the journey and i, I get that <laughs> right. so good there's more yeah. to come you know it's, it's yeah. a scale it's a kind of a continuum you know everybody's at it somewhere um but also you know one of the things I, there was a, a phrase that you used to and i believe it was in that section um we talk about wakened experiences and i and i i just found that um a wonderful, um, just a wonderful phrase. Um, can you talk to people, tell us about wakened experiences, are, are those kind of things that would lend more towards the wholeness side of the, the spectrum? Yeah, that's a beautiful way to look at it. When you were talking about um, that spectrum, I I like to mention it as, as expanding consciousness. It's like this 
it is a spectrum. A lot of times we put it in a hierarchy and then we say, oh, levels. So one is better than the other. And it's like, no, we're in, you know, when we're in kindergarten, we learn how to read, but we don't know how to read or do geometry or do physics or, um, you know, whatever that would be. And as we go through life, it, it appears there's a hierarchy. We go to first grade, then second grade, then third grade. And, and But literally it's this expansion of who we are and our understanding of ourselves. And so these awakening experiences really are mm-hmm. moments in life. We get glimpses. Like on my near-death experience, I had a glimpse of wholeness. I had a glimpse of unity. I had a glimpse of the world in a whole different way than my experience through my senses in a three-dimensional realm. And so that glimpse was like this one opportunity to have this awakening. And so many times I, I hear people say, well, I woke up in 1976, or I had my awakening experience, <laughs> uh-huh. my one, uh-huh. you know, my one awakening experiences. <laughs> and it's like, that's an okay to uh-huh. look at it, but let's invite it in uh-huh. and let's keep going. Let's, yeah. let's keep climbing that mountaintop to look from that different view or, or perhaps even get in the airplane and go up or get into a, a spaceship and go even higher because it is this expansion of our awareness. It's expansion of consciousness that takes us into that unitive place and that unitive understanding. And so some people have those experiences um, out in nature. They have a, a, a oneness experience, like where they lose the boundaries of themselves and they become the tr- flowers and the trees and the plants and the animals. And, you know, they, they lose themselves in nature. Some people lose themselves in the arts um, and have this experience or this, this visceral response to music or tree or art or theater, drama. You know, we, we have those experiences. Sometimes they're, they're drug-induced, um, recreational yeah. drug-induced, and sometimes in um, dramatic fashion where we are in an ER and they're pumping us full of, of, of drugs to keep us alive. So it doesn't have to be a near-death experience um, we're having these. Sometimes it's in church and any kind of religious yep. experience or, a, you know, sometimes it's when we have sleep deprivation. Who knows when those moments are going to happen? It, it could be, you know, the keenness of our intuitive abilities, our psychic abilities. The other day I was driving home with um, my daughter and my husband were in the car and I'm like, wow. I've had this experience before. Have you guys ever had those experiences where you, you have this premonition or you have deja vu? And they're like, deja vu? What's deja vu? And I'm like, oh, I used to have deja vu all the time. And I had this conversation with you guys in this car another time. And they're like, what? You know? So sometimes we have those kinds of experiences, those non-ordinary states of consciousness that we can't plan for. We can't. Sometimes we can induce by drugs. Um, don't get me wrong. And, you know, natural medicinal plants, things like that. Right. But mm-hmm. really these experiences come at any time and they wake us to those higher realms. But I do like to look at it as let's be open to even greater and greater and greater experiences. It's not, doesn't have to be a one-time experience and we've, we've made it, you know, it's really is an unfolding emergent response to life, 
lifing through us, you know, us humans yeah. humaning through our divinity <laughs> and growing into our divinity. So, yeah. Ooh, I'm glad you asked that yeah. question. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, and, and I think people, when they talk about, you know, I I was awakened or, my, you know, I'm awake, you know, my awake experiences, I think that it's, this is how we were just referring to, and it, referring to the first experience, recognizing that there is yeah. something to wake up to, you know? It's like, oh, yes. Yes. what is this? Yeah. yeah, oftentimes it's that first experience. And most people will always be able to recall with intimate detail that first experience, like my near-death experience, you know? We just yeah. remember it's this imprinted in our being and it is an important time so not to belittle it at all it's it's really a a beautiful a beautiful thing to welcome into our life path yeah exactly well we're about halfway through with the show julie so i'm going to take just a quick break and i do want to invite listeners if you would like to call in and ask any questions you can call in at 619-789-4359 and for those of you in the chat room if you have any questions feel free to pose them there and, and then when we come back from break it's only about 90 second break but when we come back julie um you know we're in this really dynamic period right now. We're, we're talking about systems and, and shattering and, and breaking down. Um, in the book, you talk about um, evolving consciously and then how the role we could play in co-creating a post-pandemic world. So I want to talk about that when we come back, okay? Beautiful. Yes, I'm in. Great. Great. Okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site, is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today my special guest is Dr. Julie Kroll, and we're talking about her new book, Fractured Grace, How to Create Beauty, Peace, and Healing for Yourself and the World. And again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is www.juliecroll.com. And that's Julie, K-R-U-L-L.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Julie. Yes. Welcome. Hello again. Great. Great. 
Thank you. Um, so, as I mentioned before the break, you know, we're, we are in this dynamic time. Everybody just, I mean, it's just throwing one system after another kind of out the window and really, you know, shaking people up. So can you talk a little bit about um, maybe how that fits into the idea of us evolving consciously? Yes, I would love to. And just um, I'll just start, Robert, by just planting a few seeds of hope for the listeners here because literally there are, are beautiful people and initiatives and organizations around the world who are working on solutions, who are, who are working behind the scenes diligently to co-create new systems and structures. So um, I remember the first time I had a conversation with a loved one and, and I was talking about new governing systems and, and we were talking about politics and this person was ready to throw everything out with the bathwater but felt so hopeless. And I said, well, did you know, and, and I shared an example of a brand new governing system that is designed around the principles of life and shared that with this person and, and it just created so much hope. Like, okay, we're in good hands. And it's not mine to do, and, and I'll support it when I, when I see it, but okay, so that's good. So literally, I'm going to just present a definition of co-creation, because I think this is a part of the consciously evolving, conscious evolution, that we have a choice to consciously co-create this post-pandemic world, this new earth that we all imagine in our hearts, like Everyone can imagine the earth we want to live in. And we look at the win- out the window and, well, out the window, this world that we live in is probably pretty good right now, depending on where you are. But look at the news and the headlines, and then it gets scary and overwhelming. So the, the term co-creation that I support and um, really advocate for is a definition that, that arrived through um, three beautiful friends. Um, the first was Barbara Marks Hubbard, who passed uh, a couple of years ago, and also then Catherine Rosky and Carolyn Anderson, who wrote the book, The Co-Creator's Handbook. And just as a, a summary, when we talk about co-creating, we're not talking about coming together and cooperating so or collaborating, like you and I, Robert, come together and we collaborate on a project or we're cooperating in this moment, having this conversation for your radio show. But co-creation is really attuning to this higher, the this source of consciousness, the designing intelligence of life, that creative source. And we attune to that creative source and then we come into relationship with others who are in that attunement. So we, we, we tap into that field of intelligence and we bring that through together. So co-creating the new world, consciously evolving is really tapping into the intelligence of evolution itself, the evolution of that, that impulse that's moving through creation, creating. So, by hearing that, I always love to slow down so people can really take that in and, and, and chew on it and assimilate the wisdom there. It's like the same impulse of creation healed my broken bones 
is also healing the planet and evolving even the trees across the street as I look out the window. That same impulse, that intelligence, that designing intelligence of the universe is moving us to work with the waters on the planet to clean them up and restore the purity of water. That same impulse is showing us where we've not been in alignment with nature herself and that designing wisdom. And so it's showing us where we've polluted, where we've injured the planet and each other. It's, it's bringing forward the, um, the racial tensions. You know, it's like bringing forward all of the, 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 the places that need healing in our collective psyche here and showing us and helping us and assisting us. So here is our opportunity to step forward with that wisdom aligned in that and using that to begin to co-create the healing and transformation. And it's really whole systems healing and transformation on our planet. Robert, the difference is it's not about just, oh, we have a problem here, we need to address it. Oh, we have a problem there, we need to address it. When we look at all the emerging crises that we see before us, and you're right, chaos precedes birth, chaos precedes change and evolution throughout history we have examples of that so really this is our invitation to not just put out a fire here and put a band-aid on over there but it really is inviting us into whole systems health coming into learning how to live for the good of the whole co-creating whole systems health and expanding that whole worldview so that we're working as a unitive body of intelligence, recreating all those systems and structures so that they serve the highest good, so they're not just serving a few people here and there. So it really is a global, universal, whole systems healing and transformation that's happening on the planet right now. Yeah, I'm I'm just amazed. Um, To me, it just is, is highlighting um, that uh, that whole aspect, the fact that you know, you know, it's showing us what what works, you know, and, and what works um, when you consider taking into account the health of individuals and what doesn't work, you know, and and so and I, I like that I, when you talked about that it doesn't necessarily mean it's a you know kumbaya kind of moment, but it, it, it's a collaboration or co-creation with that creative force, you know, and, and yeah. it, it seems that in that creative force, there's that, um, that positive building aspect, but also there is that tearing down and, and um, uh, I don't think dest- you know, it is destruction, but I mean, it's, it's destruction with the idea of new and better to follow. Yeah. You know yeah. that thank you for saying that 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 unifying force um that creative force creates unifying principles and a unifying framework. So our job we're all like jumping in to do sacred activism and we all want to do our part and sometimes life pulls us to one particular crisis or cause like 
my friend Andrew Harvey says, what breaks your heart open? And that's what leads you into your sacred activism. So perhaps you're, you, you are serving in feeding starving children or you're serving in saving the white lions or you're serving in um, working toward healing our waters. So whatever breaks your heart open is your area, but understanding and what's happening now on the planet is everybody's jumping in to do their part. And now we need that unifying framework, which for your listeners, I just want to give a little shout out to the codes for a healthy earth. They can find codes for a healthy earth on codes.earth. And, and we also talk about that at good of the whole, good of the whole.org is that, when we can really come together with the shared vision and shared purpose with a unifying framework, then we begin to weave all of our work together for the greater whole. And we really understand um, this vitality code. So everyone gets precisely what they need to really, um, Wow. Uh, it, you know, it's thriving. There's a word, there's got to be a word beyond even thriving, but it's really not about sustainable anymore. And we've moved through our language of sustainability into regenerative and thriving. And then I think we're going to move toward, I think about bringing inspiration to work. I think about it being, you know, bringing heaven to earth, that literally we're creating a new world and bringing the best of the best here. So it's beyond thriving and, and abundance and beauty. And it really is something that is ineffable in this moment that we've got to hold that vision and, and really trust this intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and when you think about it, the impression that this period is making on the youth, you know, when you, I mean, when you look back, mm-hmm. you know, that so many of, of our belief systems are, um, formed or, or um, kind of created, you know, in our youth. And, and the youth of today are going to have an experience that's going to um, deeply, I think, deeply move them, you know, in their, for their, as their generation ages. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, the, 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 there's two pieces, there's two parts of this coin, there's two sides of this coin when we talk about the youth because they're coming in in these times and, and some are like totally in, in fear and chaos and anxiety, like what's going on and now they're canceling school and am I going to die and am I going to get this virus and what's safe right. and where's the foundation? And then there's the others who literally are coming into the planet already evolved. They already have this innate capacity of unitive wholeness. They understand um, really this evolution from a whole new perspective. And, and I believe they will be significant voices leading the change. We are already seeing that. on the. Um, we know many teens who are stepping forward doing beautiful work on the planet and using their courageous voice to, to move others in the right direction and so there there are those that are coming in to be those navigators and these healers it's really a beautiful thing yeah yeah, absolutely and i'm I'm looking forward to you know seeing how that unfolds you know it's a you know this this time is is just awakening a, a lot of people i think so 
Um, another area in your book that you talk about, and I think that uh, listeners would be interested in knowing more about, is the idea of multidimensional healing. Um, now, would you mind sharing a little bit about that? And I believe some of that work was done with a Dr. Sheen. Oh, yes, Dr. Sheen. Oh, I'll have to tell him that you mentioned him on the program. He'd love to listen to it. <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> you know, so often when we think of healing, we, we go into um, the physical body. So in the, the paradigm of separation, the old consciousness of and worldview of separation, we see ourselves as separate from. So we developed medicine from that place and science came from that place. If we can't prove it, it doesn't exist. And what we know now is that's just not true. So quite literally, um, multidimensional healing comes in. It's, it's more than holistic healing. When we think of holistic healing, we went through the phase in the, the the 80s and 90s and and early 2000s of looking at mind, body, spirit and had a huge push for holistic healing and, you know, and, and yoga studios popped up all over in every city in America. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we began expanding into meditation and mindfulness. And so we, we brought in holistic health. And when I, open the doors for multidimensional healing. Um, Oftentimes difficult to have that conversation without creating separation because our mind wants to create separation. But what we need to understand about our wholeness is um, maybe I'll introduce it by saying our prior unity. Like where did we come from before we were born into physical form on this planet? And where do we go to? So those questions that have intrigued people for eons is, is almost at this precipice of change now when we understand what and who we really are as consciousness. Like I mentioned, Jude Curvin says we don't have consciousness. We are consciousness. Is that those levels and realms of our capacity are right here all the time. And when we understand how to tap into those non-ordinary states of consciousness, the other realms, some people will look at the other realms as, okay, there's an angelic realm. There's the realm of our ancestors who are here guiding us. There's the realm of, um, some people will say, off-planetary support, you know, other ETs and others. People create Um, language for the other realms and how we communicate with other realms. A loved one passes and we say, I feel them close to me all the time. So when we begin to put into the possibility that we're not just a finite person, human in a finite physical body, and we understand that we are multidimensional beings, we're literally divine humans, remembering our divinity, then we tap into those realms of the divinity and can really harness the power and the creative force that lies there. And our healing as whole beings, our healing as divine humans, really includes those realms of divinity in in remembering our wholeness. It's, It's a really important part of of the soul's journey 
on this planet in these bodies right now. Yeah, I don't know if that I answers your question, um, Richard. No, 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 it did. It did. It did. Okay. No, well, one of the in your book, you also have a little kind of quantum section, you know, about uh, the yeah. multidimensional healing and non-locality. Those those things I love. You know, I mean, it was it's one of those areas that when I first started reading about it, having you know physicists on the show talking about that perspective of, of multi, multi-dimension, quantum perspective, it basically just opens up a, a whole new world. And, you know, and, and it's interesting because when you talk about multi-dimensions, you're right, just by even saying multi-dimensions, you're, you're, you're creating separation. There are different, you know, dimensions, you know, is what yeah. you're saying, but yeah. rather than the whole. So, so that's, I think that's kind of one of those uh Push me, pull me kinds of situations when it comes to um, wholeness and separation. You know, it's it's kind of like um, in order to better understand self, you kind of need to separate. But then once you decide, once you discover self, you realize it's this part of the whole. You know, and uh, so anyway, yeah. it's it's a uh, it's, it's a part of that journey, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I think the way that it translates into everyday life is to recognize that these they are there are those additional unseen um areas that exist that can be put to use to make your life happier and peaceful right now. Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. we are that. Um really mastering what does that mean that we are that? instead of that we have to go outside of ourselves for that. So another really important part of that conversation, especially when we get to the quantum level, is to really understand um, how we affect these multidimensional fields that exist. Exactly. Well, gosh, we're we're about down to the end of the show, Julie. Um, I do want to let listeners know they can also, when they get your book, you know, you talked about uh, the divine human, and you have a section in there about birthing the divine human, and people can read about that, as as well as also the the importance of authentic living, and um, that's so important. So, if you do you have any kind of final words for listeners out there? Is there maybe anything that we didn't cover that you would like to mention, or maybe in a final word to listeners uh, that you may have? Well, I think I'll just um, circle back around to the voice of hope and um, and really reason here that literally this is a benevolent force, creative force that lives, that's guiding, that's that's within the cells of our body and healing our physical body as the same benevolent creative force. That's, that's here to heal the planet right now. And so, you know, just to calm the fear, calm the anxiety is to just remember that literally um, we're in a place that we can allow and surrender and, and trust mm-hmm. that this intelligence is guiding us. And we're not alone here. And there's so many beautiful gifts that come from these times on the planet. But we do need to have that um, that message of hope, and so I just yeah. hope that the listeners can really hear that. Hear that um, from the 
the huge meta view of, of what's happening on the planet, it's all good. And when we're down here in the, in the crux of it, it might not feel yeah. that way right now, but, but all yeah. is well, and we will be weaving a, a beautiful, beautiful um, new world together that, that really serves everyone that's for the highest good and well-being of everyone on the planet that we are one planetary body in service of this beautiful creative force here that that knows and here we are so yeah yeah Yeah. i think the 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 caterpillar uh, would recognize that the pain you know that it goes through once it um, metamorphosizes into a butterfly is is um it's something to keep in mind. You know, we have pain now. Yeah, but, we're not but, just uh, growing wings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. We're not just growing wings. Yeah. We're literally dismantling the caterpillar and then the imaginal yep. cells create a brand new species here. So yeah. Exactly. Here we are. Okay. Well well thank you, Julie, for ending us on a note of hope. I really appreciate that and I really appreciate your time talking with us today. Thank you, Robert. It was a delight to be with you and and your listeners here, and um, I appreciate everything you're doing to to bring inspiration to Earth. So thank you for your good work and, um, yeah, bringing this voice forward. Much much appreciated. Um, Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Dr. Julie Krull. We've been talking about her new book, Fractured Grace, How to Create Beauty, Peace, and Healing for Yourself and the World. And again, as I mentioned, you can visit, you can find out more by visiting Julie's website, which is www.juliecrawl.com, and that's Julie, K R U L L.com. And everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, Our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.